Yo, 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 Thought Warriors. What is up? Higher Learning is on. It is I, Van Lathan. And it's me, Rachel Lynn Lindsay. Rachel Lynn Lindsay has the wild aces hat on. I like the hat. Thank you. It is my fan-controlled football team. We're, we're gearing up for a new season. Uh, yeah, yeah. FCF, if you don't know about it, get into it. Fan-controlled get into football. It. We can pick who we're drafting. You can sign up for teams, be a part of a team. You can even sign up for ownership. Get on this. I might want to be a part of that. How are you feeling physically from the ravages of COVID? I, you know, I have highs and lows. Like today has been, yesterday I felt very tired. I think I did too much the day before. Mm-hmm. So I got an IV and it didn't, it made me feel okay, but I still like my cough is back now, which is a little right. concerning. But when I talked to other people who've had it, they said that cough will linger on for a couple of weeks. Still can't fully taste and smell. Don't really have an appetite. So the, what kind of cough is it? Is it one of those ripping coughs or does it come from like the back of your throat? It's in the back of, no, I feel it in my chest. I feel it in my chest, but I'm not like coughing anything up at the moment, but sometimes yeah. I have fits where it's, it's dry, but I can't stop coughing. Uh-huh. Right. You know what I'm saying? Right. You know, what's interesting about you is you have sick nose, which I wouldn't expect you to have it. What sick nose? When like the tip of your nose is like a little red or whatever, like when you get sick. Is it? As in, it's a little, I, I can see it. You got sick nose. Like it's something that white people and select black people get. Like my, like, it, I just, it, 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 I, I don't want to hear anymore. Like, what? <laughs> what? What? Why? Like, you know, how like there's always a, like, if you watch a watch Outbreak, right, with Renee Russo. Yeah, 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 she, yeah. I recently you've watched that. You've seen that joint, right? Mm-hmm. So you watch, I'll bet you have. You see Outbreak with Renee Russo, and when she turns around, and it's obvious she has the metabovirus, they give her, like, the sick nose. The sick <laughs> nose is like where white people, white people turn into Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. You have a little sick nose. I can, I, your, your nose looks a little inflamed. Look, it does, Trudy. Be honest. Rachel has t- slight sick nose, doesn't she? Well, why are you sh- why are you shocked? First of all, I've never heard this y- yet, I- and I'm not even blowing my nose, so I'm confused as to why it's even red. I didn't even notice it. A little shiny, yes. Red, mm, not so much. Trudy, sick does nose. Rachel have s- slight sick nose? Just a little bit. I get sick nose too. I didn't Just know that, that was a thing. <laughs> I didn't. Either. Yeah, it's a thing. Because like people will like, I get I get sick eyes. Like my mother like could always in, look at my like eyes. Like sunken in. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. People like people would look at me. I remember. Uh, <laughs> I remember going to a dance one time. That think about how like I was in like the seventh or eighth grade, and I went to this dance. I was so excited about this dance. Like I just I was so excited about this dance. I had like this fly silk shirt. I wore it to the dance. Ooh. What color? And what color? What color? It was like, okay, so it was a silk shirt, but you know, this was the early 90s, so it was one of those multi-pattern silk oh, shirts. Oh, okay. It was one of those multi-pattern <laughs> silk shirts uh-huh. that they used to like have. Like, it was one of those shirts that, see, see what I'm saying? It was one of those shirts that if you were watching a drug dealer, uh, watching a movie <laughs> in the early 90s and a drug dealer had it on, you know what 100%. I mean? 100%. <laughs> they're, like, they're, they're like, everybody else dressed like this, but this is how the drug dealers dress, you know, <laughs> flowing silk shirts. So I wore the shirt. I was so excited. It was this girl, Leanne Thune. 
Leanne Thune was her name. Leanne Thune? Because Thune, she was white. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. She's definitely okay, white. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She was, she was white. Like, I, so I was in, so I, this was a McKinley Middle Magnet. I was in the Gifted program. Mm-hmm. And uh, so McKinley Middle Magnet had the Magnet program, which was mostly black because it was in South Baton Rouge, but the Gifted program was pretty much all white. Mm-hmm. We, we've discussed mm-hmm. this before. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So Leanne Thune, Leanne was friends with Anna Fornius. Anna Fornius was the uh, the resident hot white girl of the school. Okay. You know what I mean? There's always one. And there was, well, the one that the, that we wanted. It was like, God damn, Anna. <laughs> Anna was like, what's going nuts? Uh, they all played soccer. They were a little soccer crew. Um, whatever. So Leanne <laughs> looks at me and she goes, uh, you sick? <laughs> And I was sick. I was feeling like shit. So much to the point that <clears throat> my dad got pissed off because he was like, yo, see how you do this? You go into this goddamn dance. Next time you're sick, you can't, you're taking your ass to school too. You'll take your ass to school. You can be able to take your ass He's to right. dance. He's I right. I was feeling terrible, but I was not about to miss it. Mm-hmm. And I got there and at first, the, the adrenaline of the dance and all the girls and stuff, it was taking over. But then First thing she said when she saw me, are you sick? You look sick. And I hadn't coughed or nothing. It was the eyes. Eyes, yeah. Yeah. You can see I it. get the sunken in eyes. She's like, You look sick. And I was like, God damn. It might have been you might have had that sick breath too. You might have had that sick breath. You might know have what been. Mean? I, but that I might have fever had, breath. This was a fever breath. It's the sinus breath. It's <sighs> just bounce just bouncing right off snot. <sighs> Coming at somebody's it's like, face, it's, oh. it's, it, it smells. <laughs> it smells like pestilence. Because <laughs> it's coming from that stomach. It's coming from deep within, that fever from breath. Stomach! Mm-hmm. Smells like pestilence. I probably have it right now, but I can't smell. And Brian can't get within six feet of me, so you know what? Has, <laughs> Brian, has Brian been living, like, living his life? Because basically, he's single right now. You know what? You're going too far. He is! Why? He can't get near So you. when I go out of town, he is he single too? Is that your is that your logic? When I'm out of town, he's single? Kinda, but it's not the same way though. Because you still because when when you go out of town, he's not single because he still has to stay tethered to you. You know what I mean? But now any tethering that he go, he gets to you is dangerous for him. So he has to really pretend like you're not there or else we he's going to he's going to want to come all the time and be near you and he's going to get sick. So now Brian's out there, man. Stop. I, think I seen him roller skating down. <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> That's what that's what I would That's what Brian would be doing, doing in his free time. I don't even think <gasps> I don't even think Brian knows how to skate. Big ass nigga on skates. Think about his big ass. <laughs> Like, like you Ryan. at least could have put him at Muscle Beach. You put him on roller skates down Venice he's, Beach. He's on roller skates. He's roller skating. This giant six foot six ass on some roller skates. He's roller skates. People do it. People do it. He's six four. He's six two. He at least six four. He's six two. I don't know. I'm taller than Brian. Mm-hmm. Uh, it doesn't seem like it. He projects tall. <laughs> okay. He projects tall. He would I, love I to know so. that. That's what you think. Yeah. yeah, he's six two. All right. Okay. Uh let's get into it. We both have news uh coming up. Um go miss first. me with that. No, uh, uh, no. I'll you go first. Miss, miss me, me with, with that. that Rachel's book. Coming out 
January 25th, Tuesday. If you haven't already pre-ordered, please pre-order. You can do it at the link in my bio on social media or wherever you get books, wherever you get books, Barnes and Nobles, Walmart, Target, Amazon, wherever. The audio uh, version is out now. You can get that too. If you already have it, go get it for somebody else. I'm hey, talking a lot. Guys, I'm talking a lot in this book. You guys, I'm going to be honest with you guys. I'm serious. I'm calling upon the thought words right here. I need all of the thought words to get a copy of the book. And when you get the copy of the book, I need you to post that you got it. Because if all of our thought words get a copy of the book, okay, everyone, I want everyone to get a copy of the book. We might be fucking with the New York Times bestseller list. We might get all it. All right, I need you guys. Yeah. So, you guys go out there and get a copy of the book. So now! I'm not. People are asking me. They're like, "Do you want to be New York Times bestseller?" I don't want. Like, I'm just so proud that I put a book together. That it's like that. I was honest and I pushed myself in ways I never have before. I'm happy that it's here, and I don't want to make a list define me. You know what I mean? Because I'm proud of what happens regardless, and I just want people to go get it because I really think that they'll get to see a different side of me. And each essay stands alone, which is what I love. It's not like when I was five, I did this and ten this. Like you can skip around, read how you want to read. So, you know, just get it because I just think it's really great. Just get it. And as for me, a little news today, we got a show coming out, me, 50 Cent, Mona Scott Young, Hip Hop Homicides. Has it already been recorded? No. Okay. We, We did, we did, so we start shooting May 16th, well, we're already picked up. We start shooting May, excuse me, March 16th, Mm -hmm. March 16th, we start shooting. It's about all of the unsolved murders. It's looking deeper, deeper into the unsolved murders in hip hop. Hopefully, one day a show like this will not exist. Mm. But for this point, I think it's important, important to contextualize the moment that we're in. Also, to put a magnifying glass on law enforcement. Oh, are y'all doing that too? Some numbers, yeah. Just about how poor law enforcement is. And finding justice for the families and finding justice for the victims' families in this situation. Will we see stories where law enforcement was actually involved with some of these murders? Yes. Yes! That's how you tease the show! This is going to be so good. Congratulations. That's huge. And let's just be honest. Everything that 50 touches turns to gold. So, I mean, if, if, if I could come to set and he could just touch me... I would be, I would be, and I, by that I mean in an appropriate way before anybody takes it. Brian is single. Brian is single. I'm saying, that's what I'm saying. Brian is, you You heard what she just said. <laughs> Brian is single. Headline Rachel Lindsay has 50. Rachel to touch Lindsay her. says, <laughs> we could actually do that. We could, we could easily break that out. Rachel Lindsay says, her life would be complete if I she 50 would just come to words. set and touch her. Wow. <laughs> I'll sit you. Look at you. Look at you. Woo. That's the Holy Ghost right there. Woo. That's the that's the Holy Ghost making sure you're getting you a little quickening. That's it. You to get back on the get right. Anyways, congratulations. Huge accomplishment. You're working with some phenomenal people. So that's awesome. Yay. I remember fun. when 50 very leaked this stuff. and wasn't supposed to. So I'm glad that now you yeah. can actually talk about it and it's coming to fruition. 
when he said it before we had even signed the contract. Because you know what he did? He manifested it. He put a picture <laughs> right. up of you holding that Grammy. That's so <laughs> so when is he coming on the podcast uh we can get him on any time yeah he wants to promote the show come on cent. we'll get him in the spring he's 50 cent is who he is um okay uh let's jump right into the show let's go. uh oh trudy by the way we didn't get a chance to do trudy's corner this week i, I don't think don't think guys that we're not gonna do it okay we're gonna do we're gonna trudy's do corner it. it's happening Coming. All right, it's it's gonna it's gonna happen. We're gonna get back on schedule with Trudy's Corner on Monday. I do want to read. <laughs> I do want to read. Oh no, a message that I got. Oh gosh, are we doing it now? We're doing the corner. No, 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 no. This is from something else. I asked people, "What's the most trifling that they've ever been?" Okay. Mm-hmm. I've asked them this. I said, "What's the most trifling uh, that you've ever been with?" <laughs> with bills and i got some pretty interesting responses to that question one of them in particular comes from a person who asked me specifically not to be named now here's the th- situation whenever someone asks <laughs> not to be named you know they about to give you some good shit right all right this one is one that i really love because this is a story of someone overcoming the draconian <laughs> financing systems of America. Okay. Van series question. Would like to remain anonymous. LOL. But about five years ago, I thought it would be a good idea to get a used car. Life happened and I only made two payments. Luckily was able to keep it parked in an underground, underground garage, <laughs> two levels below ground behind two gates. <laughs> indefinitely. As I own the spot. <laughs> two levels below ground and two gates? What? Two gates. I As I it's own like the, the spot. It's like the first circle of hell. Where is this yeah. man? Yeah, yeah. After a year and a half, they realized they had no chance of getting the car. <laughs> and I negotiated to buy a $27,000 car for $5,000. And to remove the late payments on my credit and just showed it as paid off. I also did this with two student loans after college. What? I had a loan that was $23,000 and paid ten. dollars At LOL, I would never advise this or do it again. But it works if you don't care about your credit score <laughs> at that moment. My, my dude, you know who you are. I know who you are. My G. You the fucking realist. No. You the realist. He's not. Because he just he is said, by far the realest. No, no, no. If you're willing to mess up your credit score, then more people could do that. Tell me you did it and kept an amazing credit score. Like I it's could- years later. His credit, my credit score is just. I, you know what's funny? I got a I, as we did that podcast. I got an email. It's almost as like the people heard me. I got an email. Van, your credit score has gone up yet again. Who gets emails about their credit score? I don't. People who are watching it to try to buy homes. Isn't it? So people who are making well, sure I try to that look their for credit. A home. Well, I'm saying so because I am constantly watching, I want to make sure that it stays above seven, whatever, so that when we have to do the financing for the home, 
I'm I'm around I'm around eight hundred now, baby. I'm all the way up. <laughs> no, don't they say you. if you, you check what your, I say? Don't they say if you check your credit score a lot, it goes down? Like it takes hits? If you run your credit a lot. Okay. Yeah. If you run your credit a lot. Uh, you know what I said? What I said to you is I say, hey, I got the credit, baby. Yeah. Who are you supposed to be right, right. now? Who? I have no idea. <laughs> Not sure if it was actually appropriate. In many different ways. It which is wrong. why I asked. I gave you a chance to save yourself. But see, the reality is that I've been doing that voice for a long time. We don't know that. And I would still yeah. ask you, who are you supposed to be right now? Me and my sister used to do those voices. We had names for the characters that they were. Wow. See, what was normal in your household may not have been normal in the next one. What was the name of that character, man? I can't remember. I'd have to call Ask Ebony. Ask Ebony. It was like <laughs> or something like that. Or like, oh, well, it was something. That was the name of the... Right? <laughs> bleep that out. Like, take that out. I can bleep that. Yeah, I would have to think about what please. it is. It was like, we've been doing it. We've been doing it since kids. Since kids, since we Which children. is why you think it's normal. You need somebody, a yeah, third party normal. to hear it to be like, um, maybe not. Maybe not. <laughs> maybe not. Maybe don't do that. Maybe not. All right. Let's talk about Mitch McConnell. He is, of course, uh, the Senate minority leader. Minority. <laughs> um, <laughs> he seemed to imply Wednesday that black Americans aren't true Americans. <laughs> I'm not going to run down the whole thing that he said. Donnie, just play it. What's your message for voters of color who are concerned that without the John L. Lewis Voting Rights Act, they're not going to be able to vote in the midterm? Well, the concern is misplaced because if you look at the statistics, African-American voters are voting in just as high a percentage as Americans. Now, Rachel, when you heard this, (laughs) obviously, this is being used to put out the line of thinking that in his heart of hearts, Mitch McConnell doesn't view African-Americans as Americans, that there is some sort of delineating line between who he thinks is American and who he thinks isn't. Mm-hmm. Here in that clip, do you agree with that assumption? Yeah. And even furthermore, the reporter asked him about people of color and he chose to speak about African-Americans, right? Like people of color encompasses BIPOC, the entire community. Yet he said African-Americans and then compared them to Americans. Like it's so, if you really pay attention to everything he's saying, it's so obvious how he really feels about black people in general, right? The question wasn't even about black people and he chose to talk about black people and then separate them from actual Americans. That isn't a slip at the to- of the tongue. This has been everywhere. He has yet to apologize. He has yet to clarify what he really meant. And I, and for the people who are going to say, oh, he really meant like, uh, you know, he wasn't saying Americans, like he meant white people. It's like, no, he said what he said. He knew exactly what the reporter was asking. He knew exactly what he was saying. And I don't think it's funny, but I laughed when I heard it because I thought, of course you don't see us as Americans. Everything you do, like your actions, what you're voting for, what you're voting against, show that you don't regard black people the same way you do as Americans. And when you speak of Americans, you're only talking about a specific type of American. It's so obvious. I I can't do anything but laugh because it's like, how much longer are you going to continue to defend people like this when they constantly are showing you who they are? 
I'd be curious if he's going to respond. I'd be curious to hear what he has to say. But um, he didn't stutter. He didn't think about it. The man said what he said. <laughs> so a lot of people might think that this is obviously I agree. Um, and I, and it, it's something that even if Mitch McConnell doesn't outwardly think this, these are the quiet thoughts, right? Right. These are the quiet thoughts, right? right? Because so, we because we know when we say make America great again, we say uh, you know for true Americans, for real Americans, uh, even sometimes hardworking Americans. Hardworking Americans is to separate from Americans who don't work hard. Mm-hmm. And who are the Americans that don't work hard and just want handouts from the government? Mm-hmm. Uh, um, now, uh, I had Donnie cut something because I want to make sure that people don't think that this is a line of thinking that just exists on one side of the political aisle. Ooh. A little while ago, liberal host of Meet the Press Chuck Todd stepped in it with was stepped in it with Nicole Hannah Jones. Donnie, run that exchange. And I, I think it's just coming basically through a racial lens, but there's this, you know, parents are saying, hey, don't don't make my kid feel guilty. Um and you know, and I know a parent of color is going, what are you talking about? You know, I've got to teach reality. When do you do it and how do you do it? Well, I I think you should just think a little bit about your framing. You said parents, and then you said parents of color. So the white white parents and parents of color. You know, right? Fair fair point. Are not representing. As a matter of fact, white parents are representing fewer than half of all public school parents, and yet they have an outsized voice in this debate. Okay, now a lot of you are going to listen to both of those things, and there some might be some people that say, "Hey, those are." Harmless slips of the tongue. They're not slips of the tongue. They're slips of the mind. Mm. Slips of the mind. Yes, Rach. (laughs) Uh, You know, black people have never been Americans. We haven't. We've never been Americans. Sure. The fight for for voting rights is the fight to be an American. (laughs) Well, it's like, like, they're like, if you look at American history, and and I know we all want to get we all want to get like super upset and mad about this. I'm not because I, I the hardest thing to convince people of is that they don't think that you're an American. They think that they're Americans and that they're benevolent for tolerating you. Like this is the thing. Remember how things worked in America. Black people had a function when they came here and the function was to make america richer it was to make america powerful and then when black people wanted to do their own thing white people were like uh no and blood was shed over that after the blood they were like all right go do your thing we don't want to hear from you we don't want to see you and we definitely don't want to govern for you all right and it's just impossible with the way that dynamics worked and anytime they do hear you and see you they purposely try to kill you or take whatever you've accrued. Like, by the definition mm-hmm. of what it should be to be American, freedom of movement, the 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 free to elect people, due process equally under the law, all of those things 
that are guaranteed to Americans? Has there ever been a point where black people were actually Americans? And so the fight is to establish that. And it still wages on. So yeah, I, I actually, I heard that. And that's my thing with the allies deal. Because it's hard to be an ally with someone who, it's hard to be an ally with somebody in a society where they are inherently looked at as better than you. It's like, it's it's difficult. You, like, it, it's, 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 it's difficult sometimes to me. You know, it's, it's, it's difficult, difficult for re- you to see them as an ally. Well, Is that what you're saying? Yes. It's, yeah. It's like, it's, it's almost what I hear, what I hear from sisters sometimes as it regards to me being a black man, because there are some things that we disagree on. And then they, they, they'll say to me, well, this, you're being a poor ally. And it's sometimes difficult for me to understand and put myself in that headspace because I'm just living as a man. And it and you can't really poke through every single point, every single time, all the advantages and all the unfairness of that. It takes a shit ton of work. And you are going to let people down. You know what I mean? So I looked, I looked at that and I thought, huh, that's about right. Actually, it made me feel better. To hear knowing that say they that. feel that way. Yeah. Yeah. Like yeah. knowing that they feel that way. Because it, it made me feel better because you can't play. You got to play dirty with guys like that, you know. If they don't, if you you have to, so it like everybody was mad about it. I wasn't mad at all. I was not at all. I was delighted for some reason. Why was I delighted? You know, I think it's, I I would think that Mitch doesn't even understand what he said. Like he doesn't even think that he said anything wrong. I would that's I would love for him to say something. We won't. He won't. But I would love to hear because I don't think he even got it, grasped what he said, the importance of that sentence. Or how he responded to the question. Do you think that Mitch understands the importance of a Thanksgiving turkey, with the way he has to gobble gobble under his chin, and you, you, like he looks like a he looks like a powerful turkey. Every time I see him, I just like every time I see say? him, I think a turkey. Yeah, I see. A I turkey. see. It, it looks that looks like turkey. the skin is melting off of his face. Yeah, it's, we're being we're being less than progressive, body shaming him. But you started it. I, I know, but can, is it? You did. You did. You went even harder than I did. No, can you I don't body feel, shame the evil? I don't feel any kind of way. The man doesn't even look at us as part of the man said black people aren't Americans. I don't care. I don't care. By the way, it is uh it is possible that he just made a mistake. No. Yeah. <laughs> And here's the thing. No, no, no. He made a mistake because he never Uh meant to say that out loud. But he feels that way. And again, if you question it, look at how he has fought against anything that is progressive in the corner of black people. Like, And the reason he has done that is because he doesn't see us on the same level that he sees actual Americans. The When he's fighting for Americans, he ain't talking about us. So like... No, the man meant it. Um, with his are you, whole are neck. You, have, you been, have you been keeping up with the all of the as the world turns shit that's going on inside the Republican Party right now? What do you mean as the world turns? Like like the text messages it's and stuff s- with old Kim, Kimberly? Like no, that kind of stuff being subpoena, subpoenaed to me? Oh my God, it's a soap opera. So check it out. I don't know if the Thought Warriors are up on this. We actually should start co- covering this in a yes. recurring segment. <laughs> 
it, like in a recurring segment called "As the Elephant Turns." I like They're the it. elephants, right? I like it. Um, so this is what's happening, guys. It's very juicy. Okay, so I don't know if you guys have been paying attention, but Governor Ron DeSantis of Florida. Oh, this wants to be it. the president. This this is juicy. Yes, yes, yes. This yes, is yes, super yes, juicy. Yes. Oh I my god, Republican juice. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Governor Ron DeSantis of Florida wants to be the president. Yes, right? he is a Trump acolyte. He's almost like little Trump. Think about to, to put it in to put it in hip hop uh, terms for you guys. Think of Trump. As Birdman, and think of Ron DeSantis as Lil Wayne. That's the big terrible, homie. This is a terrible comparison. They kiss each other, Birdman and Lil Wayne, very close. I know, but like just the sheer talent of Wayne, and you're comparing him to like a DeSantis. I get it. He, baby, discovered Wayne. Trump discovered DeSantis. I get it. Go ahead, continue. Some would say that I'm comparing Trump supporters to Trump supporters, right? Mm. <laughs> um, so, uh, but here's the thing. Donald Trump is flirting with almost surely going to mm-hmm, run mm-hmm. for president in 2024. Mm-hmm. But there are factions inside of the Republican Party that don't want that. As bad as Biden's presidency is right now, there are people who think the only thing that will energize voters in 2024 is the sight of Donald Trump on the ticket. I tend to believe in that. I tend to believe that no matter how bad things are going for Biden, if you see Trump on the ticket, that's going to mobilize people to go out there and vote and make uh, efforts to against Trump, against Donald Trump. Right. Because you can't really vote for Biden right now because there's not a lot to vote for as it stands right now. But you certainly can vote against something. Trump feels DeSantis and the Republican establishment is really like in, in, in shambles because they were already ready to turn the page to DeSantis. DeSantis won't say that he won't run if Trump runs and Trump won't say that he will. So Trump is taking shots at DeSantis and then behind the wall behind the turkey neck is Mitch McConnell who is in a public tiff a public tiff with Donald Trump so the Republicans are being split Dan Crenshaw has recently called out uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene mm-hmm, mm-hmm. is, is coming it's becoming slowly what happened before the kooks against the establishment Republicans Donald Trump's coattails aren't quite what they used to be they're still pretty pretty devastating you need the president right but you got some lindsey grams out there that are in the trump's factions you got mitch mcconnell that wants to turn the page it's so juicy right now it's so juicy and y'all have to understand that donald trump made desantis a star he saw desantis back in the day said this is a young man who i feel like would support me who's a star in this party and he's helped him get governor and then you see DeSantis has always agreed with Trump until now, until mm-hmm. now. So they're both in Florida right now. They're at odds. DeSantis is kind of taking jabs at Trump because Trump got yeah. boosted. But DeSantis right. won't admit whether or not he got boosted. He won't speak of it. DeSantis mm-hmm. is in Florida. 
making in these bills with imaginary things that don't really exist, but are issues in 2024 that are going to make him look like he's tough on election fraud, that he's tough on CRT. He's doing everything that he's supposed to, to look right within the party. But Trump is mad because Trump feels like he should still be loyal to him. That's the thing. So it's like a double-edged sword with Trump. He'll support you, but don't you dare turn against him. Oh, of course. Don't you oh, dare. Oh, no. It's so juicy. No good, You're right. no, no good dictator, no good dictator likes free thought. None. It's all talking about free thought. It's not free thought. They like, you think the way they think. And DeSantis is going hard. He's he's created uh, an election police force. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's proposed an election police force, $6 million in taxpayer dollars to create 52-person special police force to de- department to patrol voting. So we are going full on... <laughs> 1938 here like a voting police force yeah to patrol voting to patrol something for what? that doesn't exist there's no proof yeah. that there has been election fraud in the state of florida so you're using taxpayers dollars six million of them for a police force to create to to protect something an issue that's not even there it's wild and desantis is actually this is a presidential ramp up these are all bills that show how trumpy is uh, he's pushing a bill that will prohibit public schools and private businesses from making white people feel discomfort when they teach students or train employees about discrimination in the nation's past. It received its first approval on Tuesday. Now, white people that are listening to this, I have to talk to you real quick. Rach, I would like to know at what level do white people feel discomfort? Now, we know that some things make white people feel discomfort. We know uh, delayed lattes, okay, playing music in the park. Loud okay. music. Uh, loud music in the park. Parking in the wrong spot. That's definitely one of the <laughs> hugest one right there. Yeah, well, you get more, like, I. sometimes when I get into arguments with white people over parking spots, I'm actually proud of them because I'm like, God damn, you see me and you still talking to me like this? Where are like, you parking? Like, miss- in the handicap? I'm I'm confused as to why people are upset with you parking in the wrong let me tell, spot. Let me tell you what happens. Let me tell you what happens. It's not parking in the wrong spot. What happens is I got the big body Honda Cross Tour. That's what I got, Rach. I don't know what everybody else pushing. I pushed the big body 2010 Honda Cross Tour. The Hummer, as some people call it. When I whip into a parking spot, sometimes I leak over a little bit. But you know what I'm saying? I got a big body. My shit is, you know what I'm saying? I, I'm trying to fit. People look at me crazy. Or women look at me crazy, like white ladies look at me crazy. I'm like, yo, man, I'm not going to bullshit you. You got your own country. I'm going to have both of these parking spots. I'm not even tripping. Sometimes I'll be in the wrong. You are in the wrong if you're outside the lines. You are. I'm definitely in the wrong. I'm definitely in the wrong. I'm definitely in the wrong. But the reality of the whole situation is they still get highly mad. Black people look at me, they just shake their head. Look at this trifling ass nigga. And they move on. But white people want you to know that you're wrong. That there's a right way to do things and you're doing it the wrong thing, <laughs> the wrong way. Um, so I guess I ask all of these questions. I, I, I put all of these things, you know, uh, out there because I want to know at what point are they going to feel uncomfortable about being taught the actual history of America? Like what's too far? Well, just merely talking about it at this point, because it's not even being taught in the school system. So just talking about it is too far for them. It's already the threat of it. And it's not a threat. Just the idea, the possibility that it could happen is making them feel uncomfortable to where they're creating these bills to 
prohibits something that doesn't even exist. I, I'm really interested in this. Like, so let's say I say that. Um, so let's say that I say slavery existed. Okay, we you, you, Rachel, uh, Donnie, come on, Donnie, you pop on real quick. Sure. Donnie, I want you to be white. You got okay? it. I want you to tell me. Eager. I want you to tell me. Donnie wanted to be white. <laughs> yeah. No, 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 that was my white voice. That was my attempt. Okay, give it to voice. give us white voice again. You got it. Ain't <laughs> <laughs> time, buddy. Gotcha. Okay. So Donnie, what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna throw out things. I want you to tell me when I've gone too far. Okay. I want you to tell me when you're starting to feel uncomfortable. All right. Rach Pepper, we're gonna pepper Donnie with some factoids about slavery. And there's some factoids about the, the history of the United States. Donnie, you're already you tell uncomfortable. Me. Already uncomfortable. See what I'm saying? But how can you already be uncomfortable with we have to talk about American history? That is the point. That is the point. That's exactly. Thank you, Dottie, for illustrating what is happening in the country. That's it. That's what's happening, you guys. That's it. Perfectly executed. (laughs) Thank you, Dottie. (laughs) That's it. That's what's happening. That's literally what's happening. Literally. Oh, Jesus Christ. Rachel, what are we going to (laughs) do? They like, what are we going to do? We got a whole billion. Like, literally, white people shoot black people in the street, and when we get mad, they say, get over it. <laughs> like, white people, like, 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 I'm serious. Shoot black people in the street. When they say, get, when we get mad, they say, you're making too much of a big deal about it. It happens. It's dead people. They say it happens. Like, like, like all the slavery shit, all this stuff, hey, get over it, get past it. We just got a law put on the books or proposed so that they don't feel sad. You talk about the difference between Americans. Jesus fucking Christ. But like, how Bozeman, do we come feel? Here, give me a hug. How do we feel? Like, that's the that's the whole thing with this. You are trying to preserve your feelings, but what about everybody else? What about our feelings? The people who actually our ancestors experienced this. We still experience this with systemic racism that is that is evident in every single right. facet of this country. But you want to create bills just because you feel like, uh, which, which let's just be honest, that's not even what CRT is. It's not about, about making you feel bad. That's not even what it is about. It's just explaining how things came to be, why things exist Context. the way they do. It is mm-hmm. not about making you feel bad. If you feel bad, that's on you. You should, but that's not what the teaching of it is. And it's not even being taught. Like I'm explaining something that's not even being taught. I, I just... <laughs> What about us? What about how we feel? What about our feelings? What about you? What about me? What about us? That should what be the, that should do. be the black uh. that should be the black American theme song. What about us? That's what I'm when I run. Shout out to West Bellamy and our Black Party. When I run as a candidate from our Black Party, like my my campaign slogan is going to be very simply, "What about us, man? What about us?" I God just can't. It. I can't. I just can't. Let's take a break. Uh, Kalika uh, looked at her phone uh, a couple of days ago, I think it was, and was very shocked. You know, she's in the fashion industry, and the fashion industry lost a giant, uh, literally a giant, um, Andre Leon Talley, who was once Vogue's creative director and later, later its editor in large. He's died. He was uh, 73. I would not have known who Andre really? Leon Talley was without Kalika. I'm telling you, she's enriched my life in very many ways, but in one way, 
is like knowing about the fashion world and stuff like that. So I let me not say this. Let me say let me say I let me not say I wouldn't have known who he was. Let me say that she introduced me sure. to who he was. Sure. Um, and so he was an incredible force. Mm-hmm. Uh, and a trailblazer mm-hmm. in like in many ways. Great big guy, like was mm-hmm. like six foot seven. Yeah, but was one of the most fashionable guys. Always had impeccable taste. Uh, so I want to make sure that we take one minute to to um, to acknowledge the life of, of such a creative genius. Absolutely, and and you might have seen him, and 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 if you saw him, whether it was maybe you didn't see him in the eighties and nineties, but you saw him on America's Next Top Model, you saw him on the Sex in the City movie, and you were like, "Who is this man who commands the room wherever he is, and just has this larger than life personality?" But then when you do a deep dive into who he is and how he got to be who he was with Vogue and and other publications even prior to that, this is a man who often sat alone at the table, only the only black person representing black voices. And he fought for them. He fought for black models to be on the runway. He fought for them to be included in these esteemed magazines that only had models that looked a certain way. He was the voice to get these people recognized. These supermodels, black supermodels that you see, a lot of them made became who they were because an Andre Leon Talley was fighting for them to have their place in this industry. So you know, he's definitely going to be missed. He has a book out called Chiffon Trenches that really talks about some of the struggles that he went through. I have not read it, but talks about some of the struggles that he went through in this industry, being who he is, being alone, having to be that soul voice. Um, so I'm, I'm glad that we're just taking a minute to honor him, who he is. This alone doesn't even begin to scratch the skirt surface on what he's done, but he will definitely be missed. Yeah, yeah, very, very sad, very sad. Uh, now, um, we're gonna move on real quick to the Fresh and Fit podcast, guys. Oh. Rachel's favorite topic. Yeah, Rachel's favorite topic. Oh. Fresh and fish, fresh and fish. Uh, uh, Brittany Renner, another favorite topic of Rachel, went viral today because of the fact that she confronted Fresh and Fit on Off the Record DJ Academics' podcast. I would like to give a shout out to Academics. And the disruption that he is causing in the podcasting game. Academics comes out with the podcast. The podcast goes crazy with uh, 6 9 and Whack 100 on there. Then it takes him a little while to find his footing in terms of what his podcast is going to be. People are asking questions. Is Academic going to be a good podcaster? Currently has the number one music podcast on uh, Spotify. So I would just like to say shout out to my homie. He is doing his thing. And as much as people try to talk their shit about Ak, he is not going anywhere. All right. Not a perfect guy, but he is here he's one to play this media he's game. He's polarizing. People want to hear his opinion on certain things or hear who he's going to bring together to voice their opinions with like, like a Stephen A in sports. So people yes. love to hate watch him. They love to hate listen to him. So, you know, yeah, definitely I'm fucking with him. That's my man. Mm-hmm. Uh, so look, Fresh and Fit were there. They came down, they sat down in front of uh, Brittany of Renner. They did. And this is what happened when they did. That you warn guys about girls like me. So tell me about girls like me. Just Humor women me. in general. Like, I mean, well, no, a- but no, don't woman in general. Because you literally specifically said before we got on here that you, yeah, you did say that you warn guys about girls like me. So now that we're face to face. What kind of girl am I? You're not special. You're like other girls. That's the key. I'm not special. You're like, so, you're like other women that are. So like, what makes you special then? 
I never said I was. What do you gain from telling girls that they're not special? How does that make you feel? I mean, I know, everything, talking, is, I know we, everything is a joke, but I'm asking you a real question. So how does that make you feel? Because if I say you're a bitch-ass nigga, that does something for me, right? If I insult you or if I tell you you're not special, you're forgettable, on, what does that do for me? No, but that doesn't, but that's what I'm saying. No, but I'm, but I'm saying, what, if I call you, if I just say that, again, you're forgettable. That's why I didn't want to do you guys' podcast. Forgettable. Hate the setup. Uh, the name is underwhelming. I didn't really see the value in it. Right? Yeah. Okay, that's, that's how fine. I feel. Right. <laughs> They're so stupid. They gave him the business. Uh, has this changed your opinion of Brittany Renner at all? It has Rachel? nothing to do with the whole conversation. Like, I, I don't have these, <laughs> these huge opinions, these grand opinions about Brittany. I loved that she confronted them. I think that that's great. I think for them, this is the biggest stage for them to be on Academics Podcast and to go head to head with a Britney Renner who's wildly popular. I mean, I like for them, whether they sat there and said nothing the entire time, this is huge for them. Um, I'm glad she confronted them. I'm glad she had the opportunity to say some things that a lot of women want to be able to say to them. But at the end of the day though, it's also not hard to make them look stupid. They're blithering idiots. They have, they just literally talk out the side of their neck and say things, whether it's for shock value or they really actually mean it, but they have no basis, no rhyme or reason behind the crazy statements that they say. So it's not really hard to challenge them because they really truly have absolutely nothing to say. They were quiet. They were completely quiet the entire time. But, 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 okay. So you know what the funny thing is? What? I actually disagree with you. Okay, let's go. They so number one, that's a clip from that interview. If you listen to the entire interview, mm -hmm. it is a very reasonable, um, respectful back and forth conversation. Now okay. they couldn't match the energy of black women because that energy is unfamiliar to them because they're not a lot of, around a lot of black women. So when you get in front of the energy of a woman that's going that actually is going to hold you accountable for what it is, what you say, what what you do in a way that is going to match you. Cause really the energy that you get from black women that's like that is because they are your match. Mm -hmm. They are what you're supposed to have that. And when it's, when it's missing and you haven't had it in a while, like, and it comes to you, you don't know what to do, but so they did. What, say did they, something. what did they do that made you feel like that they were really, cause that, that, that clip, and and academics knows exactly what he's doing. It makes them look so stupid. It draws That's everybody why, in. I, I, I hit act this morning. I'm like, because those are act's friends, right? Oh, they I are. Well, he made morning. them look so stupid. <laughs> so I hit act this morning. Literally, first thing in the morning after I saw that clip. I'm like, there's no way they could be your boys. I was like, there's, I was like, there's no way those guys can be your friends. If I'm fresh and fit, I'm so fucking pissed off at academics because he then said, man, you have to go listen to the entire conversation and the entire conversation uh, is a lot more measured than that. And I'm like, all right, cool. But that's even more reason to where if you, because right then that is the worst kind of clip that could come out for them. The simp, that's them sitting in front of a black woman, the very thing, the very person, should I say, the very person that they, the very group of people, shall I say, that they disrespected and being sunned. So it makes them look fucking 50 times weaker than anything that you could put out of out about them, right? Um, and for so people this like me who did not listen to the entire thing. So that's all I know. Right. So this is, so this is my thing with Fresh and Fit. 
I don't I don't think that they're idiots. Okay. I think that they're just wrong. It's like if they have explanations for everything that they say. It's not like they're just coming off the top of the dome. They have explanations for everything that they say. Like there's a reason for everything that they say. That's why I said it was very telling that the one thing that they didn't want to go into depth explaining was their comments about black women. And that's that's the only thing that they didn't want to go in depth to explain. They explained to death everything else. Yes. So is telling. So I, I don't I don't think that they're idiot uh, they're idiots. I think two things. Number one, I think that they are uh, a product of the same uh, intellectual engineering that a lot of young brothers fall victim to when they don't have the proper people in their ear, uh, like pulling them out of it. It it's happened to other people that I've known. Um, and number one, they're in a phase. Like Why do there's you call a phase. I'll, I'll tell you what the phase is. So, so this is the phase, and this this is kind of the the whole thing. So, there is a part in your life, a point in your life, where as a man, even in the player proof crew, I don't know if you guys know, but the player proof crew revolved around getting girls. That's why we were the player proof crew. We got that. But in our relationship, I'll tell you what happened with the player proof crew, and this is for anybody that's listening. What happened with the player proof crew was. We were out here. Play approved motherfuckers, my dogs for show. Woohoo! I'm gonna hit that hoe. That's what you that's what you used to say in the club. That's what you used to say. And what happened was this group of good looking, smart, um, like Playboy type guys, everything that they thought about women and dating, they got confronted with when they met the right person. Mm-hmm. So when Gino met Shayla, when Ryan met LaSanta, when Ian met Katrina, when, when Brian met all five of his baby mamas, <laughs> when, when, <laughs> when, when, you know what I mean? Um, so like when Trey met his wife, when like it is, 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 so what happens is, and this is something that, it's up to the OGs, which I'm kind of getting into that, into that mode, to change. Because until you learn what it really takes to build a relationship and what it really takes to understand and like appreciate somebody in a relationship, you do damage. You do the same damage that you, that you've learned from your homies, right? Your your mom tells you what to think about the world. She shows you how to love. She shows you compassion. She shows you all of these things. Then you get out into the street. And the women who are going to be mothers to other people's sons and daughters, your big homies, and I got to give them his credit for this, your dad and your uncles, they tell you that you're supposed to have sex with them. Your body's telling you you're supposed to have sex with them. And then women get not objectified because if you want to ask me, I think think saying what men do to women as objectification, I think that's actually underselling it. Because a lot of guys take better care of their sneakers than they do their women. Mm-hmm. A lot of guys take better care of their cars and their video games than they do their women. Mm-hmm. So they're not even objectified. They're thingified. Mm-hmm. They're just a thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Two breasts, a butt, and a vagina. Mm-hmm. Maybe a smile if you get lucky, right? Just a thing to validate and make you feel better, right? Sure. And you do you do all of this damage. You do all of this damage. You do all this damage till you meet a thing that you want to hear talk back. 
that you want to just like watch a movie with, that you just want to hang out with. And then it makes you look at everything differently, differently. Well, that sounds like a beautiful story, except in all of that time that you are thingifying human beings, you're creating damage. You're yeah. scarring people. Yeah. You're hurting people. Yes. So the reason why I initially wanted to go on Fresh and Fit's podcast was to let them know that, and it happened to fit, it happened to Fresh already. Because I, like, I wanted to let them know that all of this stuff right here, this is just not how people are. It's just not how people are. If people people aren't, like, we, like it's, it, it, they were talking about the fact that these are the type of women that they like to date. And then there was this whole thing on the podcast where one of the guys met a girl and they uncovered her whole past. And she had been on the Seeking Arrangement site and she had been with this guy. She had been with that guy. He was like, whatever, I know her true heart because I know her. Mm-hmm. And my that was very funny when that happened. It's because I'm looking at that. I'm like, yeah. The only thing that matters about whether or not you want to be with her is how she makes you feel and how you make her feel. Mm-hmm. And being a man is saying, yo, I met a girl. This is what she's into. This is what she does. But the reality is I like her. I don't care what y'all say. Boom. That's when you're honoring yourself and you're honoring your feelings. Mm-hmm. All of this other shit that we're talking about, this men, women, dating, you're supposed to do this, you're supposed to do that. There are some of those guidelines that work, but there are some of those guidelines that are just there to make people feel better about themselves sure, and make them feel like they're the man. And what you really have is two funny looking niggas, if we keeping it gangster, who, 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 who come from a situation, who came from a spot where they were one way and now they're viewed as another way and they feel like this is partly revenge and doctrine on how they are going to live the rest of their lives and giving a blueprint to other guys. They want you to believe that you have to be a certain way because this is what they've made themselves to overcome the insecurities that they have. I know those guys because I've been there and it's a waste of time. Mm-hmm. And so, and so, and so to me, and so to me personally, I think when I talk to young men, I'm not going to tell them that I'm not going to, I'm not going to be able to tell a 17 to 16 year old, 18 year old kid that like to, to listen to more than your dick. I'm not gonna be able to do that because I've been there and I know what they're going to do, but I would like to tell them that like, please remember that the thing on the other side of you is not a thing. It's like a person, like, (laughs) like a whole, it's like a whole person. And I'm still learning that too. Yeah, I am actually still learning that. Still learning about what my actions as a man, what my actions as a son, what my actions as a brother, the harm that I can inflict and trying to like roll that back. But the reality is like you can't pretend like it doesn't exist or else you'll just go out there and hurt as many people as you can until you die. Wow. What you said right now was real. And that was really (laughs) deep. But let me tell you something. That ain't these two niggas. <laughs> At all. You giving them way too much credit. <laughs> way too much. Like, I just went on your whole spiritual journey with you and what you have learned about life and women and and and, and your like maybe what used to be a struggle or maybe some things you still struggle with now and what you've been able to recognize and what you're now aware of. That's you. I, and maybe I need to listen to some more podcasts, but I think that has given them way more I'm not credit. Saying it's them. I'm, saying, I'm saying that, that I would them. try to convince them. 
I, it would be about convincing them. I don't that, even know if they could what they're going through it. is actually a phase. Because I actually it's, think that a, a lot of what they do is for shock value because they're getting more attention than they've ever gotten before. And so now that they, they have to continue to wear these hats and play these roles, I think they are somewhat aware of what they're doing, whether they wholeheartedly believe it or not. But I loved everything you had to say. And I'm glad that 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 conversation was able to bring that out because somebody needed to hear what you just had to say. Definitely. Well, the player proof. We but, the player proof as we got older and started getting the player proof. We've had this conversation with each other because these same guys, these same dudes who was oh man, we all we doing this. These guys have cried over these women. These guys have these guys have traveled cross country in rental cars to see these women. These guys have changed their whole lives. These guys, some of these guys have stopped smoking weed in the house for these women. Yeah, God. Damn. There's always one. We, but, but listen, us women, we talk uh, about this. We're always like, man, if dudes knew how their homies acted when they when they weren't around them, like how they act with us, be a, like uh, it would be oh, eye opening. You would I, be I call, so I call it out. I call it out you when, would, I, you like, would when I'm over everything. there. No, I know I don't. But when I'm over there, and and I see some, I see one of them being. I'm like, oh, it's like that. Oh, remember you said you'd never do that. Mm-hmm. I don't remember that. Huh. Mm-hmm. Remember, you said you never that no one would ever make you do that, but you're doing it now because things change. <laughs> All right. Uh Aquafina got nominated for NAACP Award. Your thoughts. Here's my question. I know people are very upset about it, and I don't know if it's they're they're, they're upset with that it's her and it's the N as they're now calling it NAACP Awards, not double A, AACP Awards. Um is it is it People have an issue with her because of the history of her using black scent, or are they just mad that a non-black person is nominated? Because correct me if I'm wrong, aren't non-black people nominated for NAACP awards all the time? Uh yes. Uh, I think that they, I think it's the black scent situation. Yeah, I mean, okay. So here's another question I have: Has she come out and spoken about? The use of black scent, her history. They asked her, you remember this? They asked her, and she said, and she kind of dodged the question. Do we have? Right. Uh, I'm asking, has she specifically addressed it? Um, you know, I, I, I'm open to the conversation. I think, I think it, you know, it, it's, it, it really is something that, um, I think is is a little bit multifaceted and and layered. Um, and so, yeah. Wait, what? <laughs> what was that was the her question? answer. What, what, what's the question was about the qu- what's layered? Answer. The, the question was, you know, what, what, you know, what do you say to people that have a problem with the way that you talk black city, you black city wise, black city wise. Yeah. That was the question. That was her All answer. right. Okay. That alone makes <sighs> me, this is my opinion. NAACP has got to be way more aware of who they're dishing awards out to, especially because of the history of the NAACP, what it stands for, what it represents. You should know if somebody has a history of being of doing something that's problematic in the Black community. I'm sure there were a number of other people who could have been nominated for this award, and she didn't need to be one of them, especially if she has yet to explain her use, not once, but constant use of Black scent. She did it a lot. That's how she became known. Um, so that that is something that I don't understand. I mean, I also don't understand why we weren't nominated. If you're going to take the time to nominate an Aquafina, you could have nominated us. 
Not in that you know category, what? but another one. You know what? Um, they forgot to nominate. They uh, forgot to put us up. No, oh. not they forgot to put us up. They have a nominating committee. Uh, Two Distant Strangers wasn't nominated. You see what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> I got a huge issue right now. But look, but look, but here's but here's the thing though. That's okay, why I say about an Oscar. This. Yeah, we don't. <laughs> first of all, we would have loved to have gotten. Of course, we gotta, you would have. We got an Africa award. Yeah, we. Of we got course. An award, so we're we're good. But I will say this: I don't really have a problem with Aquafina. Aquafina has been, been who Aquafina was for a long time. I know people, a lot of people who know Aquafina. Aquafina, a lovely person. I have no problem with Aquafina, right? I don't. What I have a problem with is the NAACP in this situation because they right. hung her out to dry. Like they, oh, no, they are. <laughs> no, no, no. Listen to what I'm saying. I'm not mad that they hung her out to dry like I'm sticking up for her, right? Mm-hmm. Um, because she should answer the questions. The questions are, are uh, <laughs> even if we have a deeper conversation about where I'm from and what you owe people or whatever, because if this was on the other foot, if I came out here and I had a stereotypically Asian voice everywhere I talked, people would ask why and I had better damn well have a good answer for it. Right? Sure. But this is what I'm saying. Something like this shows me how out of touch the NAACP is <laughs> because someone would make that nomination, put that out there mm-hmm. and not think that we were going to have questions about it. Either that or they did it purposely because she's nominated for voice. <laughs> or they did it. They, That's right. It's for her. She's nominated for voice. <laughs> or else they did it on purpose to make people care about the NAACP awards that are coming out. Okay. I just got a text message. I have to read it. Okay. Oh, no. Text message right here. It's a, it's a, it's a DM. It says, Hey guys, I'm the secretary for the Young Democratic Socialists of America chapter here at Ohio State University. In collaboration with Students for a Democratic Society, Ohio State, we are having a protest tomorrow at 3.30 at the Union. Our demand consists of a 15-hour minimum wage, better working conditions, and more benefits for student workers, etc. We also have a petition going. The petition is at uh, change.org backslash Ohio State Board of Trustees support the demands of Ohio State student workers. So please sign if you'd like, we really need a big protest for we need to lead a big turnout for this protest and the petition to have a chance of getting this implemented uh, by the university. Please share within your circles, friends, families, communities, clubs, professionals and other students. Um, this is coming from I'm not going to say her name because I don't know if she wants me to say her name. Um, but the reality is we support anytime anybody's fighting for any raise uh wage increases absolutely or fair worker stuff um i'm not a particular fan of ohio state uh their their fan base for college football is mean and they <laughs> you're, you're worried about the wrong thing right now you're worried about the stick to the subject since you since right you, you in your dms while we're podcasting go ahead and stick to the subject no, the, DM, the, the dm popped up before the dm popped up before and i wanted to make sure i got back to it um so uh if you're in the area i think it's columbus ohio is where this is at is where ohio state is beautiful city columbus is i was shocked when i went there i was it was beautiful it was like fall the leaves were changing colors it's just a very quaint like i don't know it's just a pretty town columbus ohio 
I gotta go out there. I want to go to the. I want to go to uh, Ohio State and watch a football game. Same. I, it's like on my bucket list to go to big universities and 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 see like their traditions, tailgate with them, go to the game. Yeah. You gotta come on down to LSU. I've been there. I've been to the swamp. Remember, I dated a guy from Zachary. The swamp is in Florida. I thought you were both. Valley. No, Death Valley. That's right. That's right. But I've been to the swamp. But I've been to the swamp too, and I've been to because Death Valley. Where, because that's where Brian's from. Right. So I've been to Florida. Brian's but from I, the swamp. But I have been to Death Valley because remember I told you I dated because a guy from Zachary. And then there are two Death Valleys. Really, there's only one Death Valley. Where's the other one? Mississippi. Clemson. No, Clemson. Clemson. Yes. Clemson calls their Clemson haven't calls been there. their shit the Death Valley. I haven't been there either. I don't want to go. Yeah, uh, but I don't know if you've been paying attention, but LSU is has the number one transfer portal uh, recruiting ranking. In, in have you been paying attention to where we land down? Yeah, you know, you, you got you say you're friends, but you don't care about the things I'm caring about. I'm putting you to sleep. I tell you one thing I do care about: the Wild Aces. That's what <laughs> it's time for mailbag, I think. Because look, we got one more. What is, what is it? You got the Wharton School. The Warden School. No, we don't you have to you talk care about that. that? No, no, no. We don't talk about yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, they're rich. They don't know how much people make. They're out of touch. They're you know? in their own bubble. Typical. We wouldn't expect they're, anything. They're less. already uncomfortable, like Donnie. Donnie said, slavery. You said slavery. I'm already uncomfortable. Oh, oh, <laughs> oh. Do you want to. The, the, the political ad coming from candidate Gary Chambers. Gary Chambers, if you're listening, this is an open invitation for you to come on Higher Learning. Oh, we haven't please. had Gary on yet. Have we had Gary on? No, we have not. But we've talked about him multiple times. Multiple times. Yeah, we'd love to have Gary on. He's gone viral. Gary was on CNN. Gary... Did he, now, did he keep the blunt? A, did he keep the blunt in his hand, or did he put it? I don't think he. I don't think he brought the blunt to CNN. <laughs> now it's going to take a lot for Gary to uh, to win that Senate seat down there in Louisiana, but that does not mean that it's impossible. It is just not impossible for him to be able to pull this off. But I just, it just doesn't mean that. But what I love so much is he's he's making people uncomfortable. He's pushing the limits. He's staying true to who he is, and 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 like we talk all the time about not trusting politicians, about people changing. But Gary just seems to come across the person like this is who I am. This is what you see is what you get. Like, and this is what I'm fighting for. And he brought attention, my attention, things to my attention that I was not aware of at all when it comes to taxpayers' dollars and marijuana. So I, I just, I'm just fascinated by the man fascinated and obviously i don't have a vote when it comes to louisiana but still like come on the podcast whatever we can do to spread awareness and to introduce people to who you are please come on love to talk to him absolutely absolutely one of the best political ads i've ever seen okay donnie let's do the mailbag mailbag time time to read your letters and then we'll reply to them oh it's mailbag time. Write us with your queries and we'll chime in. All right. Von Cannon underscore asks, if you could time travel to go help any one hit wonder become a goat, who would it be and why? Oh my gosh. Time travel for a one hit wonder? I'm going to tell you. I'm going to tell you who it is. And it's not even so much that this guy hasn't had a great career, but it's just that his one song is so iconic. His one song is so iconic. I would want to help him have like at least two or three more of them. What That's is Montel it? Jordan. 
Okay, he's not a one-hit wonder. That doesn't count. He is. Montel that, Jordan is a one-hit wonder. No, just because he had one ex- extremely popular song, he was in movies. Like he was around. He had a um what, um, what was the song? Um, let's ride tonight. All night. No uh, doubt uh, it. Yeah, Your love, love is body, body, body and I, all the time. I had that on all right, Let's see. See a let's soldier's see, let's doing wow. I can well, make you smile, do. make you not go wow. Put on your, I think I'm making <laughs> up the words. Let, let's, <laughs> let's see. Let's ride Montel make Jordan. Make that bad board squeak. Let's ride Montel Jordan. Let's see where it peaked at. Let's see if it was, was in fact a hit. It was a hit. Let's see where it was. Let's see. It's the lead single off Montel Jordan's third album. Master P and the Shocker were on it. Ooh. Hey. He is not a one-hit wonder. Let's you. ride was a fucking huge was, hit. If I can remember it the words, to, I, wait, I, wait, I loved, I loved, I loved it. Let's ride was a huge hit. I love the song, but Thank I didn't you. realize Let's Ride went to number two on the Billboard Hot 100. Yes, yo, I board squeak up and down. I have so to apologize right so. now to Montel Jordan, and you should because having another song go to number two. Um, and it was number one on the hot hip hop R and B singles tracks, becoming his most successful one. It was certified platinum, sent to radio stations. Okay, let's ride. I was in. I was in the. I yeah. was in twelfth grade when Let's Ride dropped. I can't even believe it. Which means I was way too young. How how in the world was Rachel Lindsay listening to a song like that? That means I was like yeah, eight, see? eight when it came out. I okay, well, if that's the case, I don't really, I don't really have a good answer. Then what about um? And maybe you're gonna be the one that saves me. Are Are you talking about fucking Oasis? Are they a one hit wonder? Are you out of your mind calling Oasis a one hit wonder? Okay, don't do me. Wait wait a second. Hold hold on for a second. I did it too. That's the only song I I know that they sing. It's the only song. No, they have Champagne Supernova. They have and they have songbird. Are, Oasis is one of the popular? greatest bands. Are those yeah, popular? Oh, there is no way. You you don't you ever if I type in Oasis, ever. one hit wonder pops up after their name. If I put in Bullshit. Oasis in Google, literally top of it, one hit wonder, Oasis. First of all, they at least had two hits because they had Champagne Supernova too. But they Oasis is far from a one hit wonder. Far. Far from a one-hit wonder. Not even like <laughs> we don't know one-hit wonders. We sure don't. And that's we the, don't know one that's hit the one. whole point because they only maybe, had one song. We I mean, don't know one-hit wonders. Maybe no, maybe Oasis. maybe um, Eddie Murphy's song. Maybe we we could have put some energy behind him. He only had one hit. I can't believe you just Oasis is literally one of my top five. Oasis has sold. Oh, as to, oh, as of 2009, Rachel, Oasis has sold over 70 million albums worldwide. I can't believe you just hated on Oasis like that. <laughs> that is nuts. Okay, okay. But Montel Jordan right. had a platinum album it's and three true. goals. So stop. Three goals. And I'm, it's, maybe it's, I'm wrong. I'm going to be hey. the one that saves me. That's, okay. I can't well, believe our vote is Eddie Murphy. Like what was his song? What was his one song? Uh, Party All the Time. Party All the Time. That's that's it. Plus, plus five, plus five bonus. If you know who wrote that song, he was in the video. Uh, yeah, uh, Rick James. Rick James, 
Rick James, and it sounds like a Rick James song when you hear it. That's our vote. That's our vote. That's our vote right there. Okay, next next question. That question, that that one question might have been all of mailbag, but next question. All right, sticking with the music theme, CP Viz asks, what's your favorite Paramore song? They say, come on, I know y'all listen. Oh, wait. Don't they have Wake Me Up in Life? There's a song. Don't they that have I Wake really Me like Up Inside? Me. Hold on. Wake Me Up Inside. No, that that's not them. Who is that? <laughs> that's, ain't it fun? I love Ain't It Fun. Wait a minute. Wake Haley, Me Up is not. Haley Williams has such a Paramore? fantastic voice. She can definitely. I like, I like ain't Paramore. It fun. Well, that song that you just named, say it again. Wake Me Up. Wake Me Up Inside. That is not them. Save me. That is that's not, not them. them. That's not them. Wait, I'm going to find That's it. not. Who is that? Evanescence. Like, Evanescence. That's Evanescence. <laughs> we that's suck. Evanescence. If it ain't hip hop and R&B, oh, no, no, no. I know a lot about music. Oh, clearly not. I know not. a lot about music. Clearly not. Ain't I it know fun. a lot about music. Ain't it fun by Paramore is um because Paramore is, she she covered she's she got one like the time, red kind of like colorful hair. She got the yeah. red kind of hair. She covered uh she covered Umbrella that one time. Yeah, her voice is fantastic. Oh. Uh, Okay. Um, next question. <laughs> Joe underscore suave two four five asks, "What's a classic black movie slash show you think everybody needs to watch?" I really want to say, "Let's do it again." I you know I'm just gonna say it. Who cares? Um, Uptown if Saturday Bill Night. Cosby in it. Who cares? Yeah, Uptown Saturday Night, and let's do it again. Yes, Bill Cosby is so in both tough. movies. Sidney Poitier is in both movies, but it, they are just like, to me, black cultural, like pieces of eternal art. Those movies—they're oh, so fun. They're so fun. And I used to watch them with my family, and we would have a lot of fun watching them. So I would say, "Uptown Saturday Night," and let's do it again. Like they are sequels to one another. <laughs> I'm having such a hard time with this, but like. My go-to, what originally came to my, to mind was The Wiz. That's like the first thing that popped in my mind just to see, of course, it's got Michael Jackson, Diana Ross, the music, just to watch the original and then just to see what we do with it and our take on it. I don't know. I just love it. I, we watched it over and over again as kids. It was very magical to me to watch um, and just like to see Black excellence in such a beautiful way, especially when they go to Oz. But what did they call it? What did they call it? They didn't call it Oz. Um, I can't remember. Niggerville. No, they didn't. Called? But when they sing about the colors, when they sing about the colors and they change green, red, blue. A TV show? Niggas. <laughs> A TV show? I don't know. This is, I'm, I'm trying to think of what was influential to me. I'm going to say, I'm going to say the Jeffersons. Jeffersons is good. The Jeffersons, yeah. You know what you wanted to say. What was I going to... The Cosby Show? The Cosby Show, gosh. Yeah. It meant so much to me fucking growing up. It meant evil bastard. So much to, to me. all of our fucking childhoods. <laughs> Son of a bitch. Uh, one more. All right. Uh, Gina Colombo asks, has Van read Rachel's book? Nope, and what is not Rachel's yet. Most excited? <laughs> what is Rachel most excited about for it? I haven't read it yet, but I like. But I'm, I'm waiting on my copy right now. Rachel, what are you most excited? Um, yeah, no, he definitely is a copy coming. 
Uh, I'm most just excited for people to see. I feel like people are used to seeing me one way, unless you listen to this podcast, then you get to see other sides of me. But if you only knew me as the bachelorette, you're like, man, I was billed as an angry black woman. It always seems like I have an opinion about something or I'm complaining or I'm saying that there needs to be change, but there's so much more to me than that. I'm a lot more fun than that persona. And so I'm just excited for people to see all sides of me and miss me with that. I push myself at asking certain like challenging certain things when it comes to like religion and sex and talking about mental health and talking about one of my favorite chapters is a nation of double standards, which of course is talking about the nation we live in, but also talking about a bachelor nation. So each essay stands alone. And I'm, I'm like, I'm proud of that. And um, I really, I'm glad the book came out when it did. People wanted me to write a book right when I came off the show, but I'm glad because so much has happened in the almost five years since I first well, five, it's more than five years since I actually first started the show as, as a contestant on The Bachelor, but almost five years since The Bachelorette. So there's so much more into it. It's not just all about spilling tea. It's getting to know me, how I grew up. What was a struggle for me? Some things we talked about on this podcast when we had our family meeting. I talk a lot about not being accepted in one community and then feeling like I had to conform to be accepted in another community. And I talk about the struggle with that. I'm not biracial, but I was treated like that. Uh, so that's like really interesting. And then I talk about when I first saw and experienced Black ex excellence going to an HBCU and that and like how that changed my entire mindset on things. It's actually amazing. I didn't end up going to Spelman after that. But anyways, there's just so much more to it than just The Bachelorette. So, you know, the title was almost more than A Bachelorette, but I went with Miss Me with that because there's a lot of things I'm asking you to miss me with in this book. So I hope you enjoy it. It's amazing. <laughs> By the way, that's by the way, that's still Drake's hardest bar. Like, uh, I used to get teased for being black, but I, now I'm not black enough because I'm not acting tough and making stories up about where I'm actually from. So every once in a while, that nigga, be, you'd be like, God damn. You know what I mean? Because it's hard. You know, it's hard. You're in the gifted programs and you're everyone's teasing you because you're being black. And then you you like some Nirvana and you come home and you play and your homeboys are like, nigga, you worship the devil? Yeah. <laughs> It's so true. It's so it's just so it's just hard. So man. true. Man, though, speaking about bars like, and songs that go hard, that easy, it's like old Kanye. It's like old Kanye again. We should have we I'm I'm trying to get game to come on the podcast and to, to kick it with us. Come on. It's like it's like it's a hard, it's a hard record. All right, that is enough. No unexpected ally of the week. I got one this week. Oh, excuse me. Not I don't have one, but Rachel does. What you got? I, uh real quick. Unexpected ally of the week, Nick Saban, one of the people who oh, signed. Oh, great one! Yes, Nick Fuck Saban, him. Fuck his life. and Jerry West have come out along with others. I think there's like five other people who have signed a letter pushing West Virginia Senator Joe Manchin to support the Senate's voting rights bill. Um, they endorsed Senator Joe Manchin in 2018 for his reelection bid, and now they are urging him to be on the right side of history, which we know he didn't do. But they have stood out, and I wasn't expecting that from a Nick Saban. People who have connections to West Virginia are stepping out and saying, hey, we need you to vote for what's right. He didn't follow, but it was nice to see people like Nick Saban, who are highly influential, and Jerry West step up and do the right thing. Um, fuck Nick Saban from the bottom of his feet to the top of his head, but still, that is an amazing, an And that's amazing, why he's unexpected. An amazing an amazing thing for Coach Saban to do. Shout out to Coach Saban for that. Uh, 
You might be wondering why we did not talk about the fact that the John Lewis Voting Rights Act failed this week. We are going to discuss that, but we're going to do a deeper dive on that with a political guest that's going to come on the very next show. Until then, take your thin caps off and do not stop learning. I am Van Lathan Jr. I'm Rachel and Lindsay. Bye. Say bye, Rachel. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> bye, guys. <laughs>